magical hour. Oh, Matthew and Schaefer. Shafee? Shafee, are you there? Who am I? That's the real question, isn't it? Who, who am I? Who are you? What other questions are there? What other questions are there, really? If you, you want to understand the universe, embrace the universe, the, the door to the universe is you. Me? You? Me? You are really intense. <laughs> Austin, Texas. We are awake, both Matthew and I. That's what you do when the sun rises this morning after the sun has risen. I'm being very specific about this because this is in fact a morning podcast. Unusual move for Matthew and Schaefer, but here we are. Uh, his beloved, his beloved headboard is behind me. The little racquetball racket that is beloved by all is behind him and we are ready for another episode of one magical hour a matthew and schaefer podcast spectacular how's it going matthew oh the podcast inside is frightful but our blog is so delightful we don't really have a blog and uh, the podcast inside is frightful. The weather outside, you said that the sun has risen over the hill country. Like, that's uh, making some assumptions. It's a uh, cloudy, threateningly stormy morning out there. You're, you're right. I can't actually see the sun. But <laughs> the fact that the clouds are glowing. But you're a man of faith. The clouds, are, the clouds are glowing in a way that they don't do at night, <laughs> has indicated to me that the sun has, in fact, risen. Well, I went to... Uh, good morning, sir. Uh, this is very exciting. This this is really harkens back to our heritage. I think the first episode was, was recorded around 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, that sounds and right to me. And we got away from that. Uh, and, but we're back. This is coming back around, episode 43. Um, episode 43, the day after Christmas episode. And I would like to straight away apologize to the Wait, listeners. Before anybody gets confused, it's the day after Thanksgiving episode. Day after Thanksgiving episode. Thank you. I'm just about to talk about Christmas songs. I I was going to apologize for starting off with a Christmas song. I We have a firm rule in our house that... The Christmas celebration does not begin until we're done with Thanksgiving. And uh, as we speak, uh, the fam is inside getting out the trimmings, setting up the fake tree that we can all sit around and eat candy out of our socks. Um, I really, yeah. I, I gotta say, I really am a bah humbug 
this is going to surprise everybody. <laughs> I'm really pretty bah humbug about the holiday season. I do like Thanksgiving with its fo football and dishes that you don't get to eat any other time of year. Um, but uh, Christmas kind of winds me up. Uh, the consumerism, the mm -hmm. um, re really, it's the 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 typical American Christmas that winds me up. I like the Dickens Christmas of like Bob Cratchit and his family. Like that's fine and dandy, but uh, the way we take it to the limit in this country sort of bugs me. I'm with you about the commercialism. I do love uh, I do love Christmas trees. Uh, you know, and uh, all of that stuff. And I love Christmas songs, too. Well, I have a love-hate relationship with Christmas songs. I love them the first few times I hear them each season. Uh, but as we approach Christmas, I've already heard them so many times. Uh, I feel like my wife likes to play a lot of Christmas songs in the house in the lead-up. Yeah. And... Um, also, as I age, I've heard them that many times, 44 times around, you know. Um, I get a little tired of them. But that, that first time, when we first bust them out the day after Thanksgiving, I enjoyed them. I was I was singing some for my kids last night, you know. Mm -hmm. It's funny because Griffin uh, is just six, so he's only heard it six times around. Right. <laughs> And he was having trouble remembering some of the words. <laughs> um, yeah. Batman smells. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'll, I will, that will be the only use of a Christmas song uh, to open the show and, <laughs> until Christmas. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you said blog in your, in your, Christmas song, even though uh, we don't have a blog, I whenever I'm talking about the podcast, I, I would say, sorry, not whenever, 50% of the time when I'm talking about the podcast, I accidentally say blog for some reason. Um, and I, you know, yeah, they're similar. They, there's a lot of shared qualities in the two medium media, uh, but... Uh, they're obviously different things. and Well, my first... And one of them seems a little more impressive than the other, to be frank. Wh which one? The podcast. The podcast, okay. Well, blogging was like... Um, in, the, in, the, in the current zeitgeist. Sure, sure. Podcasts, I think, are a little sexier than blogs. Sure. Well, blog had its heyday. I, I was in the front line of Blogspot. You can quote me on that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> we'll make some t-shirts I, I was on the front line of the blogging revolution blogspot and whatnot um i recall yeah and and uh i really enjoyed that i feel like my blog was my first really heavy internet presence you know yeah mine uh, too we, we had we had links to one another's blogs that's right. on our blogs yes yes it was so it was such an exciting time where yep. you were creating content and your friends were creating content and you were sharing each other's content. Um, it, was, it was a heady time indeed. It was a time when we thought that this tool, the internet, no, <laughs> uh, was, it was so empowering. It felt like 
and I've I've mentioned this on the show before, but it was it felt so empowering. Anyone had the power to publish, and we see what kind of uh, uh, misinformation miasma we're in now as a result. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, <clears throat> there's an alternate reality in this country. But hey, let's keep this uh, first <laughs> first cast of the of the Christmas season a little bit lighter. Let's not go down that path again. Turn, turns out anyone can publish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like at this point there should be a minimum requirement of some sort. Um. So, uh, anybody get at us lately? Yeah. Yes, indeed. I need you to touch base with One Magical Nation, as you are so deft at doing. Gabby, uh, our. Uh... Our Pacific Northwest mystic, <laughs> our Pacific mystic, our mysticific got at us. Uh, she's <laughs> had some specific things she needed to say, and I will find them now. These are the silences that <laughs> punctuate our style of podcasting. <laughs> okay, I got it. She said that one magical nation really needs to hear. Hey, Bulletin. At the dentist yesterday, the hygienist told me an, ama an amazing story about the older cousins sending the younger cousins across the barn on a rope swing to crash joyously into the hay piles and then eat Grandpa's hand-churned ice cream. I visualized troll cousins enjoying this activity to endure the pain of gum courting. A music video memorializing the maroon participation ribbon swinging troll 4-H at the Washington State Fair barn assemblage, and then she sent a, a YouTube that uh, I'll I'll put up on uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, so, in case you didn't quite understand, did you understand that text? Yeah. Okay. Gabby was at the yeah, dentist. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, yeah, and but, but but for the listeners, go ahead and tell us what that is. She specifically thought about one magical nation because Hay was involved, and as you recall, Hay, oh, right. <laughs> the the Hay Baylor was speaking to us from another from an ulti, uh, from a future time via a hand drawn sign. Feel the Hay. So at the dentist. Uh, the hygiene, she was trying to get her mind off of what was going going on, gum courting. I'm honestly not exactly sure what that is, but it sounds horrible. Um, gum courting. And so she listened to the hy hygien hygienist. Hygienist? Hygienist. You what? got it. <laughs> hygienist or hygienist? Uh, hy hygienist? <laughs> <laughs> in between 
hygienist. <laughs> Look, we don't have to get every word pronounced right on this program. Yeah. Was... What about Hefeweizen? <laughs> oh, careful. Careful with that one. Yeah. It's Hef, not Hefe. Uh, shout out to bartender Chuck, Chuck the bartender. Could be regional. <laughs> so the hygienist tells the story about the older youngers, the older cousins swinging the younger cousins, and uh, in her in her gum courting um, uh, headspace, meta headspace, uh, Gabby visualized troll cousins. Troll, as in you know the f funny-haired uh, little little plastic toys. Uh, I'm sorry, Gabby, if that was reductivist. Uh, please tell me how you would like me to describe them in the future. And uh, and she made a video of the trolls doing that, uh, swinging into hay. So there you are. That's I look the best. I, I look forward to Gabby's. Troll description direction text. Yeah, yeah, Gabby, tell me how to properly describe trolls. And uh, look on our Facebook page for that awesome video. It's it's really fun. Well, let me now properly describe a Thanksgiving football halftime show. Do your have, best. Have you seen anything that's blown your mind lately? Did you did you see that uh, halftime show, the halftime of the Cowboys and the team from Washington? I did. Uh, it was a complete mind-blowing spectacular, uh, not unlike this podcast, where m many genres of music came together in sort of the ultimate uh, holiday <laughs> feast for the eyes for a also halftime show. Also, not unlike this podcast. Not unlike, not so unlike this podcast. It was the artist featured is called he, he's called Kane Brown. I've learned a lot about him since we saw this yesterday. Um, he's just twenty one years old. He's been nominated and possibly won some co new country male artist of the year awards. The show the the halftime show itself. I didn't know this artist. Neither did Schaefer, <laughs> and. Um, he, uh, the show featured the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders dancing as they are wont to do, but with masks on, which was fantastic, a real sign of the times. And then this massive stage with, imagine like any of the most recent Super Bowl shows where the stage is a whole set of lights and and pulsating images in the ground. And this this Kane Brown was, it, to me, it sounded like he was rapping at first. I thought he was a rapper. He he had the he had the swagger and the and the cadence of a rapper. And as I turned the the volume was down, and I turned it up, and it was really a, quite the mashup of pop, country, EDM. There might have been a little metal in there. There was definitely one of the tracks that had a certain dubstep characteristic to the to the beats. Um, yeah. This has been happening for a long time that country and pop have been merging, but this was like an, the ultimate country R and B 
pop yeah. singing, rapping EDM show what that I was, had ever seen. What was different about this was that it successfully, I guess, mixed so many different genres together that it entirely ceased to sound like any any one genre. Well, I don't know if successfully I, when I was when I was poking around on the interwebs this morning about it, uh, I saw this from the Sporting News: Kane Brown's Cowboys versus Washington halftime show draws extreme reactions. I think there were, I think there were some people, probably country fans, that were uh, maybe appalled. Me, yeah. me being a, an an EDM rap rave fan. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was just a little confused. And but I saw what this is, which is like it's like the merging of all these genres and it's just coming together. But you know what's what's interesting about that in the context of how divided our country seems, how fractious everything seems. The internet has given us this tool to there's a niche thing for everybody, not unlike this podcast. Uh, and it genres seem so fractious. Like there's sub there's genres and subgenres and genres you haven't heard about of music and art and and literature and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then here we see, at least in the mainstream, all of these genres just coming together. I, I mean, in a way, it feels hopeful. Like you yeah. know, um, if we if we see. More of the similarities. I know that I've disparaged country music a number of times on the show and will continue to probably do so. And when I listened, when I had Echo play me some Kane Brown this morning, his tracks, he's a country artist. He's not really this guy that's... that's gotcha. He's not... I was, I was he's not about that. Yeah, I think that was for this show, for the halftime show. And maybe they're just trying to pander to everybody. But I don't know. It was awesome. And I know that... I. While I frown on like pop country and the country music that I kind of do appreciate is older and more outlaw, I do like kind of the the merging of of pop and rap and country music. I, I, I it feels to me like recognizing our similarities. You know, um, we we were watching this Netflix movie. Again, start of the Christmas season. Jingle Jangle, starring Forrest Whitaker, Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. Um, uh, it is a eye-popping spectacle of genre mixings. It's a um, it's a musical adventure Christmas action sci-fi tale, basically. Um, which I, I probably should give a, a full avocado review. Again, we're only part of the way through these, this film. We can never seem to get all the way through a film before bedtime, you know, so. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but it, it is another th- thing that feels like genres being mixed together. And in art, if you take all of the colors and just mash them up, it becomes muddy. You know, you muddy your palate. But I didn't, I don't feel that way about either that halftime show or Jingle Jangle. It's, um... Uh, regarding that review of Kane Brown's performance history, I don't, I don't go to Sporting News for my reviews of music anyway. I suspect that, 
um, that that person probably had some pretty conservative ideas about music that I definitely don't share. Well, this so. is the, the the article pulls a bunch of Twitter reactions. Oh, okay. And well, and, and calling and calling this an article is a loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is written by Joe Rivera of uh, Sporting also Sporting News. I'm not sure that this is it seems a somewhat spurious site. Okay, let me adjust my statement. I don't Okay. Go to Dallas Cowboy fans who are active on Twitter for <laughs> for my opinions on music either. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Would you say that I'm the only Cowboy fan whose musical opinion you uh, care much about? No. <laughs> uh, Lucas Marquardt is uh, a Cowboy fan. Oh, too. really? Oh, solid. Uh, Holly Nowak up in uh, Chicago. Oh, wow. Shout out to my hunter-gatherer fellow Cowboys fans. Yeah, there's a few of them out there. That's great. I just assume at this point that most people have abandoned the Cowboys. No. Good. Just me. They're still America's team. Right. It's good to hear. It's funny, yeah. You know, when I moved up to New York, I, I was surprised by how many Cowboys fans I met. I'd be like, oh, really? Where are you from? And they're like... Cleveland. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Huh. I'm mean, like, you're like talking about heart of giants country. And, you know, yeah, they, the Cowboys made a big impression on people back in the day. Uh, Tom Landry and, and that whole gang. Uh, people, uh, people really, they really spoke to people. I guess I'm a little too focused on the Cowboys haterism, which is strong across mm. the nation. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, anytime something becomes popular, then I'm always I'm I'm always popular to dislike it. I'm always struck by how many Steelers fans there are when they come to uh, to play in Dallas. A lot of terrible towels out there. (laughs) Um, Speaking of becoming popular on the sporting news page. So I'm looking at this Kane Brown article and I've got this ad on the side and I don't know how targeted this is for me and I've seen this product on the BBC news it's the it's t-shirts that have these crazy optical illusion prints on them have you seen this fad like almost like an MC Escher like there's an optical illusion like there's a black hole going right through your gut or there's or it's it's like Pink Floyd's The Wall with the with the bricks in 3D coming at you. Yeah. Or the featured one here is just like this sort of generic. Um, it looks like a gyroscope or some sort, like right on this kids. So this got me down a different rabbit hole. I love how this podcast unfolds organically. The, the company. <laughs> is called lightinthebox.com. And I demand that you go to this website right now and discuss it with me. <laughs> Light, right. Lightinthebox.com. Don't buy anything. Just look at the website. <laughs> I got some Black Friday deals here. I am a very impulsive fellow. I, I want for this to... I think this is going to turn into a, a new topic that's going to dominate a future episode. Great American fads. Oh, 
I am I'm, I'm going to put together a list not too dissimilar to our um, conspiracy theory list, and I want you to to give your opinions on great American fads of the past. I'm, I've I've started curating the list. I feel like I feel like these T-shirts are going to become this t- these T-shirts are a great example of something like affliction. Sorry if anybody's wearing an affliction shirt out there. Remember when those were so popular? You're did like, I, no. Did I send you the the picture of the dude who had a tattoo of one of these? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you want? What do you want me to look at? Specific? Well, there's there's well, first thing, how much <laughs> stuff is available on this website? I'm gonna go ahead and block the notifications. Oh yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> there is a lot of stuff available. Welcome, new sponsors, LightInTheBox.com. I'm just gonna go to plus size lingerie. <laughs> is, that, is that really a is that a category? It is indeed. <laughs> um. I was looking at the what, a 3D men's tops 3D print. Oh, there you go. Oh, how about like how about a hoodie with just a giant white tiger face? Oh, how yeah. how about a hoodie with a cat coming through a Pink <laughs> Floyd wall? Coming through <laughs> a <laughs> cat breaking out. My favorite ones, and I think they're they're somewhat compelling, are these. Optical illusions that look like somebody has a hole going through them. (laughs) (laughs) Some of of these look like you could um, give someone a seizure at the club with them. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Uh, uh, How about the one that's like... um, That's beer? Oh, the beer one's good. How about the one where it looks like you have a ripped physique underneath your black t-shirt that just has, you've ripped away part of your t-shirt, and underneath is Dolph Lundgren's physique. This is, this is, this is really madness. One <laughs> mag, magical nation, you gotta check this out, and you gotta, you gotta be careful when you do it, because... Because you might buy one. Okay. Okay, seriously, you can't try. Scroll to the bottom, look at them all, pick one that you would you would really like. I mean, you can't you couldn't wear any of these with a straight face, right? <laughs> like this is immediately ironic, isn't it? What's 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 ironic about a lion with green, yellow, and red dreadlocks wearing a Rasta hat? <laughs> Where is that one? What? I don't see that one. <laughs> Dude, that one's dope, actually. You, I think you actually found mine. Uh, I, oh, I like this. Near that line is uh, a Calaveras w- with two pistols. Yeah, yeah. That's that, like that that's pretty, pretty dope, actually. And then uh, right next to it is an American eagle with a full scene behind it. Oh, this is the best part of the show where they describe stuff they're looking at. Do you see down here in New Arrivals? Do you see the 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 fish, the bass fishing one? Bass fishing one. 
It's on, it's ju it's directly underneath the eagle. Well, that depends on how smushed your browser is. Oh, I see. Um, oh, oh, I gotta go another page. I think. Uh, I don't. Oh, there's a Dallas Cowboys print one. Oh, I was only on the first page. I'm sorry. I just meant scroll the bottom <laughs> of the first page. There's a bunch of them with the Grinch's hand holding a really. Uh, so many of them are like so photorealistic, like hyper realistic. What about the one? Oh, Santa Claus praying? A giant Santa Claus head, and he's sort of. His head is reverently bowed in prayer? What's going on there? <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Oh my goodness gracious! What you know that famous Japanese print, the wave? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, here's one where the wave is the, is a cookie monster, and it's got a cookie in its mouth. Uh, oh, you have boy. a you have a you have a text headed your way. Okay, okay. I'll put it on the uh, I'll put it on the. Uh, facebook feed too yeah okay I'm, One sorry. I'm sorry to go down that uh, <laughs> i'm sorry to go down that does the does the text just say stop talking about this <laughs> we probably should yeah for sure okay welcome I'll, new sponsor lightinthebox.com I'll, I'll i'll take us i'll take us away from this and we'll turn mm. our attention to the world of soccer where the great diego maradona passed away this week Rest in peace, Maradona. I didn't know about that. That's yeah, a bit sad. Famous for both being a good soccer player and a good soccer coach, and for doing hard drugs on the sideline. Oh, this this is quite a text. Okay, there's, there's it's a tattoo of a guy who's got like a hole going into his head and sort of a optical illusion. That's really weird. <laughs> okay we gotta step away from this before it, one of us buys a hoodie um yeah i, I, was, I was sad to see maradona go i i know that uh probably lots of parts of argentina and and the fifa in general might sort of be glad that he's not out there embarrassing himself anymore <laughs> you know he's in the past few years there's been some in, in the last world cup there was he put on quite a show as a spectator <laughs> um it was like uh champagne and cocaine and girls and they just kept cutting away to his uh his private box there where he was just like partying at one point he fell asleep in the match um it's funny um rest in peace rest in peace maradona thanks for all the, the great times and um so maybe we should bring it up again with a do 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 news not forgetting to put in the music <laughs> so um i got a follow-up um uh, on a story that we were that we reported on on the last news cruise uh, this is from the BBC, US and Canada. Utah monolith. Internet sleuths got there, but its origins are still a mystery. Uh, apparently, it took about 48 hours for the first people to uh, arrive at the monument after 
after just uh, I think that there was the report of the monument, and then this yeah. su- this suggests that some of the first people were able to uh, uh, obtain the flight path of the of the helicopter crew that had discovered it. Um, it is as I predicted, sheet metal. Uh, it's it's hollow. It looks like some um, serious tools had to have arrived on the site just to get it into the bedrock. It looks when we read the story the other night, I wanted so bad for this to be, you know, something of really mysterious origin. But uh, I think at this point we are looking at, you know, a, a Burning Man artist. It was just like practicing before the burn. Uh, certainly just a a sight artist of some sort, which is a little a little disappointing. I thought it was gonna be made of some sort of metal that we had no had no knowledge of the composition and um, they suggest that it might have been um, the late John McCracken, uh, who is known for plank sculptures. Hmm. Um, McCracken passed away in 2011. And, uh, it, so it appears, it appears it wasn't him that they've got some satellite footage that in 2015, you can see this site from the satellite footage. There's no plank. And in 2016, you can see the plank and the shadow of the plank from the satellite footage. So, Okay. They think it's been there for about five years, four or five oh, that's years. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's still fascinating. Um, I, I love it that people do stuff like this, but in truth, and I think that somebody from the Utah Bureau of Land Management points out, it's actually just uh, high grade littering. <laughs> so. Uh, Remember to clean up your work, site-specific artists. Give it a time frame. I have a breaking, breaking some breaking news. You've got breaking news. Wait, wait. Let me let me get the breaking news beat in here real quick. <laughs> I think we've got. I think we got a beat for this. Oh, my speaker went to sleep. Oh, no, yeah, there it is. I'd like to welcome. On the bleeding edge of news, correspondent Schaefer Hall. <laughs> it's right on the bleeding edge. That was a really good one. <laughs> I curated that beat because I knew there was going to be some breaking news. <laughs> All right. And this really is, you know, I have this uh, uh, UPI website that I go to for some news. And I really was, you know, I was kind of looking through it wasn't really seeing anything and then I just refreshed it before I was gonna head away to another site and this did just pop up uh, it's a story from the Czech Republic in which oh, this is delightful a hunter in the Czech Republic was charged by a deer that snagged the man's gun on his antlers and fled into the woods with the weapon well, that sounds like a cartoon yeah. Is that Disney's The Czech Hunter? <laughs> uh, police in the South Bohemian region said a hunter contacted authorities 
to recount the story of how he lost his gun while hunting near the village of uh, the Czech village that I can't pronounce the name of. Uh, the man said one of the hunting dogs in his group startled a stag in a wooded area, causing the panicked deer to run directly toward him. The deer's antlers ripped the man's sleeve and ended up snagging his twenty-two Hornet rifle, which had been slung over his left hand at the time. Animal ran off in the woods with the hunter's unloaded gun still attached to its antlers. Good. It's unloaded. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. Police said another hunter reported spotting a deer with a rifle dangling from its antlers. Imagine you're that guy. <laughs> you're out. You're wandering around. You're hunting deer. And then you see a deer who has a gun. <laughs> Scary. Investigators said the hunter was required to report the loss of the rifle under the Czech Republic's Firearms, Firearms and Ammunition Act. Wow. I wanted to get that in there because we probably need something like that. Oh, that's, uh, that's a fantastic story. Firearms and Ammunition Act. It reminds me of uh, an old joke that I, I'll spare you the, the entirety of. About uh, a German and a Pole and a Czech all hunting bears. I'll give you just the punchline: the checks in the mail. It's another thing where the bear wins. Yeah, the checks in the mail. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's an that's another one of those jokes that's like uh, three minutes long for not much payoff. So you're welcome. One magical I, nation yeah. and Shafi. We appreciate it. Um, do we have a do we have a poetry corner for today? It's been a little. I feel like do we have we had poetry on the last show. We need poetry on every show, as far as I'm concerned. Look, I I I curated this beat for poetry corner today. Wait a second. That's the breaking news beat. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Get at us. Let us know that uh, was the, that I reused the same beat. <laughs> did I? Uh, did I stutter with my beats? Um, I was on. I was on a Zoom call with Lucas Marquardt and Ada Lamon, uh, two uh, two great friends. Uh, what is a Cowboys fan and a Poet Laureate? Yep. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> and uh, I was I was laughing. I pointed out to them, uh, and this is something uh, something about uh, something that I, I'm really excited about about them. Because, yeah, Ada writes poems. Sometimes the poems are published in the New Yorker. Sometimes the poems published in the New Yorker involve Lucas. Uh, and that's really exciting for me because I can then point to somebody who's sitting next to me and say, hey, uh, I both know the person who wrote this poem and the person who the poem is written about. Um, so that's really fun. And Unusual. so I thought I would read an example of that today. Uh, this, is, this is called State Bird by Ada Limon. Confession. I did not want to live here not among the goldenrod, wild onions, or the drop seed, not waist high 
in the barrel-aged brown corn water, not with the million-dollar racehorses or the tightly wound round hay bales, not even in the old tobacco way station we live in with its heavy metal safe doors that frame our bricked bedroom like the mouth of a strange beast yawning to suck us in each night like air. I denied it, this new land, but love, I'll concede this. Whatever state you are, I'll be that state's bird. The loud, obvious blur of song people point to when they wonder where it is you've gone. Great poem, also a reference to hay, hay bales. So uh, keeping with uh, with a certain theme here. It, every, on, everything's coalescing like those on, musical on, genres. On one, on one magical hour. Thanks, Ada. That's, that's amazing. She's Thanks, great. Ada. Yeah. Ada. <laughs> Am I say? Do I say everybody's name wrong? Do I say? Do I say Ada funny? <laughs> Is it Ada or Ada? Do I say hygienist funny? <laughs> oh man, it's, it's it's Ada. Yeah, Ada Lamont. Ada Lamont. Sorry, sorry to all the hygienists out there. Uh. Do we have anything to forward promote? We do. We do. We have our interview of Professor Ben Bays. Professor Ben Blaze coming up Excellent. next episode. I think Profes it's going to be fun. Professor of RTF, right? Yes. Digital art and animation. Cool. I, yeah, I'm probably saying the name of his courses wrong. He teaches a couple courses. It's like... If you want to, if you want to learn uh, computer generated art and effects, you take his. He's got two separate courses at UT that he. Well, he can uh, set us right on a few things. He could probably also uh, have a few things to say about light in the box three D shirts. Yeah, we we we're definitely going to bring <laughs> that to his attention. Uh, he's uh, had a career making video games. He worked for Acclaim. He worked for Fizz Factor, making Nintendo DS games. He was an artist, a rotoscoping artist on the Richard Linklater film, uh, A Scanner Darkly. Oh, wow. I got to go to the um, uh, premiere of Scanner Darkly, which wow. was cool. I met Patton Oswalt there, standing in line for the bathroom, <laughs> and uh, met <laughs> Patton Oswalt. I fanboyed all over Patton Oswalt. <laughs> I was like, hey, oh. Patton Oswalt, <laughs> I love your stuff, man. You're so funny. Um, That's great. Uh, and in the last, I don't know how many years it's been. That's why maybe, Patton Oswalt lawyers latex long. Maybe, I think maybe eight years um, he's worked at in the RTF department as a, as cool. a professor. We're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about some poor choices, tales of the past. We worked at a restaurant together. Pizza Nizza in 95, 96. Everybody loves when we take it back to the past. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to do some more of that. But, I mean, the great news is that it's game day, and uh, the University of Texas Longhorn football team is going to kick off against the Iowa State football team here in about nine minutes. And I am stoked. I'm already wearing my game day shirt. You are? It's, very, it's a very nice shirt. 
Okay. So I'm, I'm just let's let's tell them that we love them. Okay, one magical nation. We love you, and remember, the poorer the choices, the sweeter the coffee. <laughs>